the podcast for women in film and television. Welcome to the WIFT Austin podcast, co-presented by WIFT US. I'm Samantha Ray Lopez, and today I'm talking with Austin-based producer Elizabeth Avellan. Elizabeth Avellan is a longtime Austin resident, originally from Caracas, Venezuela. She is the co-owner and vice president of Troublemaker Studios and AIA Productions. She's co-produced major films such as From Dust Till Dawn, The Faculty, The Spy Kids franchise, The Sin City series, as well as The Blazing World, which premiered at Sundance this year. And she also has many other projects currently in various phases of production. On top of her producing work, she is currently part of the advisory board of the Austin Film Society and the Connect Her Film Festival. In addition to producing family genre films that have collectively grossed over a billion dollars, she has also played a primary role in developing Austin, Texas as a thriving film community. Elizabeth, we're so honored to have you on the podcast today. Thank you, Samantha. Appreciate it. Yeah. So I guess let's get started with how you got into the film industry and how you began your career in film. You know, I, I try to encourage young people by telling them the story a little bit from the beginning and maybe a little longer than what they want to hear, but uh, <laughs> it, it's important to realize early in your life that there are certain talents mm -hmm. that you are given that you may not understand what they are when you're like 14, 15, and yet, already they're taking you on the road to where you find out mm. what those talents together is, how it, it makes us each unique as mm -hmm. people, in mm -hmm. my opinion. I'm a very spiritual human in that way. And I really believe that my God-given talents, even when I was very young, were taking me to this place of where all my talents together make me the kind of producer that I am which yeah. is different than other people, you know, each, there are producers of all kinds. There's executive producers, there's, but there's also the way you do your job mm -hmm. because of the way that your talents, your experiences and how life has guided you. Everything pointed that I was to go be in architecture mm. since I was very young. Mm -hmm. I was very good at that kind of stuff. I really um, was an incredible drafts person, like oh. technical drawing and things yeah. like that. Even in high school, when I moved to the United States at 13, not knowing the language, I jumped into that class and I immediately was winning some UIL awards, you know, things like that, that, wow. you know, that were, it, it's an interesting thing, you know, and, yeah. and, you know, you know, and my father already had deep architecture roots um, with a, a wonderful architect named Gio Ponti. So when I entered Rice University at 16, I had gotten accepted into the architecture school. Rice, you get accepted into Rice and separately into the architecture school. And uh, so, you know, I was going in that route of my life and, and loved school. You know, it was mm -hmm. really fun, but it was one fateful summer where my father uh, got me a job, you know, working for an architect that I realized how much I, and I had had other jobs before mm -hmm. and uh, realized I really hated working in architecture. Wow. I really disliked it at a guttural level. And mm -hmm. it was very hard to tell your father who has made this plan for you. Mm -hmm. And was even said, I won't pay for anything but architecture. <laughs> he, he, oh, made no. rest in peace. he and I made peace with this. <laughs> <laughs> and instead, I, I, I joined as soon as I got to Rice Freshman Week, I was working with the Rice players, and uh, which was the theater group. 
Oh. And I never auditioned because mine was always behind the scenes. And mm -hmm. I had never done that in high school because I was learning the language and I didn't have time for theater in high yeah, school. Yeah. <laughs> and that just having come to this country at 13 and mm -hmm. just immersing myself to get to rise at 16. I mean, it mm -hmm. took so much work, summers, everything to be able to do that. But I realized during that time that I had this ability to kind of, I, I watch a lot of TV. I watched a lot of TV at the time and to see how I could tell when there was good writing, bad writing. I was really good at picking out the sitcoms that were gonna make it past pilot season things mm -hmm. and you know, past the first few episodes. Yeah. And I was like, what does that mean? I mean, that sounds like something nobody would pay you for, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, as kids, you're like, how am I gonna make money doing that? You know, yeah. I'm a big picker of, you know, that kind of stuff to, because mm -hmm. I live in Texas. I don't, I didn't have connections to the film business, mm -hmm. you know, in this world. And uh, so, you realize, and you start kind of putting the little pieces together. So it started young and I started really writing down things that I thought would make it and they would make it. So when I got to the Rice Players, I was like, I love this. You know, immediately the producer in the budding stages of being just the prop manager mm -hmm. in a little, you know, in our productions and then, then becoming a little stage manager, you know, just doing it long enough. I did like four semesters of it and I, um, I really loved it. When I got my card 16, it wasn't to go hang out with my friends. It was, I can go to the movies by myself. Yeah. And that's where my love for the River Oaks Theater came mm. in Houston. That's where I saw so many of the movies growing up. So, you know, it's, it's that those things. So I want to encourage young people to not despair. Mm -hmm. Something in them tells them. And my mother asked me a question once when she realized I didn't want to be an architect. So honey, if you dad didn't have an opinion if you're you know and I just splurted out of my mouth I said what would you want to choose what would you want to do and it came out of my mouth but out of uh, because I, I didn't know what I was saying and I said mm -hmm. I want to be a producer and my mother looked at me like that came from such a different place than mm -hmm. who I was as a, yeah. as a little young woman you know that that just budding and my mom was like, oh, honey, that would be so hard for you to accomplish, you know? And, just, and she wasn't trying to deflate me, but she was right. also trying to like, what does that mean? You know, like, you know, where's that coming from? Mm -hmm. But when it came out, it went inside. It came mm -hmm. out of my true self, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Mm -hmm. And my self as a young woman absorbed it. So that's where I came from. So what happens? I start working, which I love to work, you know, mm -hmm. and I was working at the executive as for the executive vice president provost. And that's when Robert Rodriguez was entering to work as one of our file clerks. Mm -hmm. And I was always very well versed already in film festivals and all that because I love film. Yeah. Uh -huh. So here he comes and we hit it off immediately. And he showed me one of his little films mm -hmm. that won a contest. It wasn't a film festival, a contest. And I swear to you, I saw this thing and I thought, oh my God, this is like Spielberg in the making. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so then, you know, convinced him to enter the, the Third Coast Film Festival that became South by Southwest Film. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's how our relationship began to really bud and blossom. And we were joined in that love, you know, of that. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about at one point recognizing which shows are going to make it past pilot season and the thing that you recognized in Robert and the fact that he had some kind of artistic vision, right? That kind of skill, I think, is something that is super important in kind of the relationships that you build throughout your career, right? So in, in that kind of mentality, how do you decide 
who you're going to collaborate with, what projects you're going to take on, because obviously you've got this gift of being able to see what this vision looks like, right? But then also making it happen. So what does that look like for you in terms of making those that decision process? Uh, you know, that comes from a lot of, um, you know, failure takes you <laughs> places, you know, yeah. it makes you have to consider what is it that I didn't see or saw that I didn't want to, what, what made me be reticent. And then I went through with it because pressure, because of, you know, you go somewhat against what your feelings are, but that's also a huge lesson. Mm -hmm. You learn what kind of things you really want to do, what kind of things and hard. I mean, it really is hard making a movie is making the show, making any of this, these things. It is like magical when it comes together, because it is that hard. Mm -hmm. It is capturing lightning in a bottle because it takes that many people to be in the same place to create something mm -hmm. and make it happen and for all the things to align, but it does happen. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm hugely appreciative of any movie that gets done, including movies that are not so great mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. the intention is never that they won't be good. Mm -hmm. It's going to be something good. You're doing it for a reason, but it takes so much work. Mm -hmm. Now in my life, where I've gotten to where I am today, I used to say work ethic. I want everybody to have the same work ethic. And now in my life where I am, it takes work ethic and the same ethics. Mm, yes. I love that. Oh my gosh. And that's a big one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is a big one because Ethics are so many things. It's how you treat people. Mm -hmm. It's how you treat money. It's how you treat the project and how you take it to somewhere where it's going to help people, encourage people. Mm -hmm. I've made a lot of movies. And by the way, Robert chose the subject matters. You know, mm -hmm. in a lot of the films we did, I got to be a part of putting the teams together that created that vision that he had. Mm -hmm. He was very visionary. Mm -hmm. And choosing to be in this business because it is a choice there's many other ways to make money <laughs> just this mm -hmm. and um for me it's a real choice but it also chose me because of the talents when it first happened it chose me yeah and you know i always try to choose you know ask god to bring the ones that are supposed to be there and mm -hmm. take out the ones that aren't whatever the lesson is you know, <laughs> because by the way, not always is it all going to be like peaches and cream girls, Yeah, uh, but, but you know, they're there for a reason. So to learn, you know, we learn from each other's interactions. That's, that's a beauty of film. It, it's a beautiful metaphor for what life is. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, lots of lessons being learned and, you know, really finding the, uh, the lesson that uh, you're getting out of every situation, right? Are there any aspects of your career that kind of came as a surprise to you or was something that you weren't necessarily expecting? Wow. Um, you know, you, you, you are going about doing it. And, you know, it, it's an interesting thing because when I met certain people, you were truly in awe of their careers, people like Linda Oaks, Deborah Hill, Amy Pascal, I mean, you know, all these amazing women that had to work so hard because back then there were no women mm -hmm. and they had to almost like just be like as loud as they needed to be mm -hmm. to open up the door for us 
you know, I used to think, you know, I've been in this business 20 years, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you, it kind of surprises you when it's happened, where you're the one that's been at it for so long and mm-hmm. doing it. And, and you can be that person of wisdom for other people and, and doors that you can open, even if it's a conversation, a coffee, a, an interview, you know, that you're, you're creating, because their words really encouraged me. Uh, and, and, and their actions of inviting me into, and they never have given me a job, uh, but their encouragement, their willingness to say, I, I want to know who you are. Come here in my office. I want to know what you're do- what you want to do. Yeah. Same with Deborah Hill. Deborah Hill did the same thing for me. And Linda Opes, I was summoned to have lunch with her when I was eight and a half months pregnant. She had no idea. I was oh still gone. And she, I get a call and say, I have to come meet her at a lunch, you know, just the two of us. And I walk in and I am that pregnant. This woman almost fell out of her chair. It was very <laughs> cute, very cute. And I'm out in Barstow, you know, shooting dust till dawn, you know, in a, on a dry lake bed. She, and, and it was so beautiful because she literally looked at me and she goes, girl, in my next life, I want to be you. <laughs> and I was like, that is insane, you know? I'm such a huge adoring fan of her work. I mean, my God, you know? So mm-hmm. incredible. And, and we've kept that friendship. And it's not like we see each other all the time. But when we do, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a DNA of, of, of contact, of connection, of lives, you know, that is really kind of beautiful. So, oh, wow. So that's, that's a surprising thing that the relationships continue. This year has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Because of COVID, everybody had time, the benefit of time. So, one of the things which I usually don't have time for is to sign myself up to be part of the Oscar choosing, the, the Academy Awards mm, choosing yeah. the foreign films, the five films that end up on the ballot. Mm-hmm. And it goes from a hundred and whatever countries that turn in one film, each country. And uh, so I had the time to actually watch and to have seen just in foreign films, the most incredible stories Mm, from countries you never thought. Yeah, and the best of the best. And then to get to watch the Oscars and it was finally for the first time, a vision of what America is Mm -hmm. because there was every color, ethnicity, every everything in the Mm -hmm. room Mm -hmm. nominated. Mm -hmm. I mean, Chloe, obviously you shout to Mm -hmm. having Daniel Kaluuya and, and I mean it was just yeah. you know when I saw the I mean people were like oh it's boring this I was just in awe <laughs> yeah of America that's what I wanted to see that's why I am in the academy that's mm-hmm. what Robert and I wanted to see mm-hmm. to plant the seeds where they begin to just sprout mm-hmm. this humanity and you're able to see that it's possible that the Oscars that is possible, that way, right? And if it had been a regular Oscar, Oscar broadcast, no, no. Yeah. yeah. Because the majority of the people in the Academy are white and male. Mm-hmm. That's still the reality. Yeah. But we got to see the microcosm of what all of us are doing as an organization to really truly create what we want to see. Mm-hmm. And for me is. Is, is people of color, which is why Teal House was born. Rana Joy Glickman and I started Teal House last year for that reason. You know, we've known each other 20 some years since Dustful Dawn and we, we wanna see, it's not just, it's a, we wanna see, and that's what we're choosing as the projects that we're choosing, mm-hmm. a melting pot. 
of ideas, of humanity, of mm -hmm. people, of what we want to put out there. And it's been coming to us. We haven't announced very much at all yet because I know I, I did some Googling and I couldn't find much. And I was like, should I talk about it's it? It's my choice. It's my choice. No, no, no. It's my choice. Yeah. We're, we're strategizing to mm -hmm. how to how to release what our slate mm -hmm. is and how yeah. we've been gathering it. You know, one of the things people announce, 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 and some things never happen. I, I, I've always disliked that. I don't want to mm -hmm. put out there just have myself in the news. Yeah. You know, people are like, well, that's how it's done. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, but I'd rather come out with something that is so substantial, you know, mm -hmm. that has real reality, you know, behind it. Mm -hmm. um, Robert and I don't announce, you know, even when Robert and I announced things, it was never for naught. It mm -hmm. was always yeah. a real project that was really happening. Yeah, it's not just to be in the trades for relevancy or whatever. It's like truly intentional. It's truly intentional in our strategy. And it is very strategic what we're doing, but it's beautiful projects that are, you know, that it encompass documentaries, encompasses from, from different parts of the world, mm -hmm. documentaries, it includes television, it includes, and we may announce it in pieces, but, you know, it includes features that we're involved in. Um, with filmmakers that we have real relationships with. So I'm excited. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I, I mean, I hear the enthusiasm about all of these projects and what you're working on and everything. Like, I, it, it's inspiring to hear you say that the core of it all is these relationships, is kind of aligning yourself with people who share the same ethics as you. And like, I think for me for so long, I was like, is that even possible? So how, how do you find these people? How do you, you know, kind of create relationships that aren't just so surface the way that so many people do within the film industry, right? Like there's so many people who are like, oh, I want to be seen or, oh, I need to know this person just to know them. Like how, how do you keep yourself away from all of that uh, superficial part of things? That's part of the reason why Robert and I chose to live in Austin, in spite of the fact that the pool was pretty heavy duty at the beginning to to build something to, to move there that's mm -hmm. what people do and we just were unwavering about doing it here mm -hmm. bill scott was a big part of it for me mm -hmm. bill scott was my line producer just passed away but um he decided he wanted to build it here mm -hmm. and he came with bill whitliffe brought him here, yeah. Bill Wolf, you know, he's the director, writer, director of Legends of the Fall. He, you know, he was nominated for an Academy Award for um, uh, many, many different projects that he uh, brought to the screen and also an incredible producer and the creator with Barbara Morgan of the Austin Film Festival. Mm -hmm. So Bill Whitliff brought Bill Scott and those two Bills in my life is who said, we can build it here. They had already trained a crew. They were working on that blessing, the TV show. They had done Barbarossa and read a, a Stranger with Willie Nelson. Um, all of those ties together made me realize it was possible to do it here. Mm -hmm. So that keeps me grounded. That keeps the focus on the work for me versus the fluff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What is, um, so let's shift gears a little bit. I, I want to talk a bit about the Connect Her Film Festival. What is your kind of involvement? And, you know, tell us a bit about how that fest is different from others. Uh, my gosh. You know, when you meet a person that you immediately, just, just immediately have this sisterly mm -hmm. bond as soon as you like connect eye to eye. Uh, about nine years, maybe 10 years ago, 10 years ago, I was at a panel discussion 
And this woman named Lila was there also in another panel discussion and she came up to me and she was explaining what she wanted to start this organization that had international outreach, but from Austin mm -hmm. and how, what she was already doing for it and how um, she would love to have lunch with me. We had a lunch that I think lasted at least two hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she was just so, I could see it in her eyes that this is something she was gonna, again, I felt like she was gonna burp. Mm -hmm. And she had mentioned a, a film festival part of it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Her son at the time was at Harvard uh, when we started the film festival. So it started at Harvard, they sponsored it. Oh. And uh, how it is different, it is, we wanted to do a film festival because our organization Connector, we do, uh, we uh, create projects and or donate to projects that are very specific that will help women and children around the world. But we're mm -hmm. very targeted directly to that project. Mm -hmm. Our money goes to a place called Somaliland. Edna Dan, and it's a beautiful book, you, if anybody wants to read it. Uh, she has a, she put all of her money into building a hospital uh, and to train midwives that then go back to their villages in Somaliland. Um, so we sponsored immediately the education of these young women from the villages that she would handpicked, brought to the hospital and Edna lives in the hospital. This is a woman that was the first lady of Somaliland and with, then was the UN ambassador for Somaliland. And she lived a life like, you know, Mercedes Benz and jewelry and money and, mm -hmm. and she, grab all of that and and build the hospital so that's one of the i mean one of the many projects which that's so I powerful elizabeth we adore her and now she because the young women that have become the midwives some of them want to become doctors mm -hmm. so now she's starting a medical school in this hospital wow it's unbelievable i mean it makes brings tears to my edna adan is one of my heroes but the festival we decided had to be something that not a lot of places were doing it. They're shorts, three to six minutes mm -hmm. on subject matters that affect girls and women around the world. It can be done by, by a young man, but you have to be between 14 years old and 24 years old. Oh, wow. That's the age group of the person mm -hmm. that creates this film. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have gotten movies some years, I think it was last year, 42 different countries to be for wow. us to speak from. Yes, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And now we've been doing it for, I think this is going to be in our ninth year. And then what we end up doing, it brings awareness to some of these projects that then we fund. Uh, the Rohingya uh, camp, when it first happened three, four years ago, we were able to physically give money directly to create water wells in the camp. It, so it's, it's, it's very immediate and very enriching that way mm -hmm. that you see it happen in real time. Mm -hmm. and the stories we get from these places. Go, go into the, anybody wants to know about her, it's connecther.org, uh, connect her, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-H-E-R, uh, mm -hmm. .org. And you can see the films there from every year and the different stuff, the ones that won. Because we give away about $25,000 every year mm -hmm. to the winner. Oh, that is so beautiful. You're kind of, you're connecting your film passion with, philanthropy and really making, you know, impact. Well, you know, you, you encourage again, you, you are, you are finding, you know, I told myself I wanted to find and work with women. And uh, this is a pool of women that, that are turning in these projects. And I, I've been mentoring some of them that have wanted to, to be mentored. And 
and and to see their growth and what they're where they're going with it and be a part yeah. of their lives mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty exciting oh how beautiful oh my gosh elizabeth everything you've said today i'm just kind of like basking in it like i love hearing your perspective on all of these things a little different than film and just talking about movies but yes yeah i mean i can do that all day too you know (laughs) is there anything that we haven't talked about that you uh would like to kind of speak to cover talk about you know one of the main things for me is to be very supportive it takes such a huge amount of village life to to create a movie you know it, it's it's really something and I encourage young people again when somebody says to me I want to work in I think I want to work in the film business I tell them if you want to work in the film business there's a place for you what do you like you like to sew you like to do math what are your interests and I ask them that because I immediately can as a producer I can tell them where they might want to find an internship, mm-hmm. you know, and they may, they may start out in, in the department of art and end up in the prop department. It, movie making is huge. Are you a good carpenter? Are you a good painter? Are you a good, you know, I mean, what, what is it that you love? And there is a place for you in our crews. Yeah. And, and, and that has always been my my ethos whenever I began to work and started realizing this mm-hmm. for people to realize it's not a pipe dream to if you want to be it's a lot of work I'm mm-hmm. not gonna lie it's mm-hmm. a lot of dedication to to a craft and to but you know so many times we think well I didn't go to film school that has nothing to do with it mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. and I tell them join theater get in there, make sets, do anything, mm-hmm. you know, just get yourself in theater. It's free in, in schools and they have also film programs. You're in public school. It's free. My oldest mm-hmm. son, you know, I, I made him be as his elective in theater until he graduated from high school from seventh grade on, you know, <laughs> because I knew that that would educate him. And you know what? Yeah. He doesn't do film today, but that kid has made two incredible films. His two shorts were at South by, you know, he directed Blackino. And mm-hmm. that, that went to South by. And yeah. then he did a Rico Madre in Chile that ended up going to, you know, a, a fantastic fest. But, you know, he does other things for a living and he enjoys yeah. film, but that's a hobby. But yeah. it came from his love of theater. Mm-hmm. And his theater teacher from high school is in Latino. She finally got to be an actress in a real movie. You know, so, <laughs> so I tell kids, like, it's right there for you. Yeah. Educate yourself in that manner. It might be something you didn't even know you enjoy, that you're an amazing electrician a designer. You don't know. If you don't try it, you don't know. So yeah. that's the takeaway for me in film. As a woman, as a mother, as a person, that it, I've tried to let my kids figure out their way as you're guiding them. I tell any young person that's listening to this, or any mother that has children, don't be afraid of what our business is, you know, because it encompasses every skill. Oh, thank you for that. I think there's plenty of people who needed to hear that, myself included. (laughs) Steve Jobs said it best. You can only connect the dots looking back. You have to take that step of faith to for yeah. those lots to connect, but it is a step of faith that you're being guided toward. Mm-hmm. So it's, you have to be a little fearless, you know, you have yeah. to take that step, but you go look back and you go, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, oh, but anyway. So perfect. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, this has been great, Elizabeth. Thank you so much. Um, is there any kind of breaking news or any kind of insight you can give us into what you're working on right now? Uh, well, it's, you know, it's um, a couple of movies that uh, a film director from Venezuela, I am um, right now, uh, we now that COVID is starting to lift up, uh, we will be shooting it this summer. It won't be in Austin, but there are other films that are going to be in Austin, a uh, troll maker right now. Right now there's a Netflix, um, it's not, not a part of it, but it's shooting in troll maker, okay. uh, Netflix uh, romantic comedy. I'm very excited about that. My friend Susan Kerr is the line producer on it there and one of the producers. And, uh, and I, you know, I have, like I said, these documentaries that are pretty incredible. One of them is from India of all things. Mm. And so I've been grappling with that and it's beautiful and, and powerful and encouraging. So I'm excited about that one. All the projects with Teal House are very purposeful of mind and spirit and of uh, embracing who Rana Joy and I are, which we are lovers of humanity, of every color, of every sex you know i've made all kinds of movies so but yeah. we also love the fact that there's so many women that we're lifting up to mm -hmm. so that's the news Yay. <laughs> love that um okay last question and this one's a fun one yeah. if there was a movie about your life who would play you in your biopic <laughs> oh geez oh wow that's an interesting one in my biopic Wow. <laughs> you might have, because, by the way, the reason I'm a, I realized who I was is Holly Hunter and Broadcast News. Mm. That's me right there, you know? Mm. Um, so I adore her. Anything she's in, I'm just like, <laughs> but to play me, Justina Machado. Can you tell us who she Justina, is a bit more about her? Oh, Justina Machado. Okay. She was in Six Feet Under. She was Freddie Rodriguez's mm wife um the character who became a major character in the second season she's uh -huh. this incredible soul she's the lead of one day at a time which is oh. an incredible show with rita moreno mm -hmm. and i mean she uh, yeah i would love for her to play me Yay. <laughs> i love that such an incredible heart you know i, I love, love her. so yeah that would be the one that's so great <laughs> Well, thank you, Elizabeth, for the time you spent with us today. Lots of really great learnings. Thank you so much. It's beautiful what you guys are doing. I'm Samantha Ray Lopez. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the WIFT Austin podcast, co-presented by WIFT US. And make sure you catch all of our future and past episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. Movie Reviews Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Summer, and I am back with a brand new movie review. And for this episode, I'm going to be talking about the movie Tangerine. Tangerine is about a hooker who tears through Tinseltown on Christmas Eve, searching for the pimp who broke her heart. Tangerine stars Katana Kiki Rodriguez as Cindy and Maya Taylor as Alexandra. I'm going to be honest. It was one of my favorite movies that I've reviewed on the podcast so far for many reasons. One being the movie was completely filmed on three iPhone 5Ss. I love that because it just shows filmmakers that you don't need these expensive high tech cameras 
to make a movie. If you have an Android, an iPhone, a cheap camera, whatever, it doesn't matter. You can go out and make a film. I just really like that a lot. Because one thing, at least that I've learned, is that you can absolutely just go out with whatever you have and film something. And they really went all out with these phones. And a lot of people, from what I saw on IMDb, a lot of people at Sundance, where this was premiered, didn't know that it was filmed on phones until the credits rolled and it said, filmed on three iPhone 5Ss. And everyone went ballistic. Oh my God, this is amazing. That's even better. That is so cool. So that was great. Another reason why I really liked it was that it was just completely laugh out loud funny from start to finish. Every character is so unique. Every line that is said is just, <laughs> just, just, it just made me laugh. Like the whole film and every crazy thing that could possibly go on went on. And I don't want to spoil anything because you just, you have to see it for yourself. Cindy and Alexandra were my favorite characters in the entire film. Cindy is definitely giving you main character energy for all my millennials and Gen Z that knows the lingo. And she's just kicking ass and taking names, just trying to find her her boyfriend. And Alexandra is just like, well, I love my best friend. So I'll follow her as long as there's no drama. But with Cindy, there's drama anyways. I just really loved it. I looked on, like I said, I look on IMDb to get more information about the film. I always look afterwards. I don't look while I'm watching because I don't want to spoil anything for myself. And one of the trivia entries said that Tangerine was included among the 1001 movies you must see before you die. And I absolutely agree. There were times watching this film, I know that there's a script, I know that there's a story behind it, but there were some times in this film where I'm like, is this scripted? Or are they just riffing? Are they just going off, just no script, just do your own thing? Because there is definitely some moments, some conversations where I'm just like, there's no way this is scripted. This is absolutely crazy. But it was, it was so good. I highly, highly, highly recommend this film. If you want to watch it, it's on Amazon Prime and you can rent it for $3 or you can buy it for $13. I can't wait to see what else Katana, Kiki, Rodriguez, and Maya Taylor have work-wise because they're so talented and they did an incredible job on this film. So I hope you watch the film and like it just as much as I do. And I hope you have a great day. Bye, friends. Entertainment news. This is Kelly Coffey bringing you some entertainment news. Power creator, showrunner, writer, and producer Courtney A. Kemp has entered a multi-year creative partnership with Netflix. The overall deal will create new projects via her production company, End of Episodes, which will develop and support the teams. Chris Selak, who served as president, will also join the move to Netflix to continue in her role and lead the company alongside Kemp. The new four-year deal is reported to be worth in high eight figures. 
Kemp previously re-signed a three-year overall deal with Lionsgate in 2018 after first joining Stars in 2015. She will remain on as executive producer and be involved creatively in the Power franchise, which currently includes three spin-offs of the Mothership series on Stars. Eva Longoria and writer-comedian Grace Parajani are collaborating on an ABC comedy inspired by her own Mexican-American family in Texas. Longoria has been tapped to direct the potential pilot, and Longoria's company, Unbelievable, will executive produce. The series focuses on an upper-middle-class family following the death of the family's patriarch. Both hailing from Texas, Longoria has directed episodes of Blackish and Jane the Virgin, while Parajani has been a contributor on The Nightly Show and written for Broke and Glory Days. And finally, Netflix has acquired the U.S. distribution rights to Maggie Gyllenhaal's feature directorial debut, The Lost Daughter. The film, starring Olivia Coleman and Dakota Johnson, is about an empty nester who goes on vacation and begins reliving dark moments from her past after meeting a young woman and her family. The Lost Daughter, which is an adaptation of the novel by the same name, will premiere as one of five women-directed or co-directed titles that will screen in competition at this year's Venice Film Festival, which runs from September 1st through 11th. The UK rights to the film were purchased by E1. And that's it for entertainment news. Until next time. This episode of the WIFT Austin podcast was produced by Kelly Coffey, Chantel James, and Christine Hagen-Young. Our editors are Shannon Steffen and Valerie Torres. Summer Hart is our movie review critic. You can find us on the web at WIFTAustin.com and on social media at WIFT Austin. Thanks for listening, everybody.